21CL Radio. Welcome to the Education Vanguard, where the 21st Century Learning International Radio Team interviews educational leaders of today. Hello, everybody. Michael here, and thanks for joining us on the program today. I have Robert Apino today. For Robert Apino, games are the it for teachers as they look to deliver their curriculum to students. As you know, the competition for attention in our fast-moving, fast-feedback world is extremely high. Game-based learning and gamification, Robert tells us, engages our students in the learning objectives we set up for them, right? At least I hope it works that way. Now, some of you might be saying, look, enough already! These students, they just need to learn to focus, and I'm not going to pull in some game just to get their attention. Now, I didn't ask Robert about that specifically, but if I did, I imagine after doing this interview with him, he would say something like this. While there is some truth to that view, the reality is game-based learning is just good learning practice and curriculum delivery. Games let us scaffold information and skills. They provide instant feedback and let students repeat an objective over and over until they achieve mastery. They also allow for differentiation and customized learning, right? So students move forward at their own appropriate pace that way. On top of that, when we all know this to be true, games are extremely motivating for most students. Let me read you a little bit about Robert from his bio. Robert Apino is an enthusiastic educator and learner. He likes the energy of working in middle school and has taught humanities, writing, and technology. Robert is the middle school technology learning facilitator at Saigon South International School in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. He enjoys helping students, teachers, administrators, and parents leverage the transformative use of technology for learning. Enjoy the program. Robert Apino, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Oh, you're most welcome, Michael. Well, glad to have you here and uh, glad to talk about in a couple of fun topics, game-based learning and gamification, which uh, it sounds like fun to everybody, but they may not know exactly what all that involves. Could you talk a little bit about what is game-based learning? Sure. Um, Yeah, definitely uh, game-based learning and gamification are often uh, sort of misconstrued with what is which. But yeah, game-based learning is about, uh, you know, teaching a specific like when you're in a class or in a setting, you're teaching with a specific game in, in mind. So uh, it could focus on motivation or engagement or something else, but it's, it's really this idea of learning through games. So a very tangible way to look at this is the super popular game Minecraft, which mm-hmm. is a sandbox style game. You can do a lot with it. You can, um, you can create, you can build. It has two different modes. It has the creative mode and the survival mode, but um, in Minecraft, it allows you to create about anything. So teachers can use this game and tier or guide specific learning purposes for it, and kids can go into the game and do these specific learning purposes. So, uh, for example, in, in science, maybe you have a unit on digestion, and you want to uh, have students demonstrate that they understand the process of digestion you might have the kids collaboratively get into a, a Minecraft world and create a model of a human or model of, a, of a, some kind of body in which they then could put all of those parts in the digestion inside it. And actually, this is something that happened in our seventh grade class at Saigon South. Um, and then they go through the process. So if you want to understand digestion, all you have to do is go through the mouth, get swallowed, and kind of go guide through the process to understand uh, more about demon or about digestion, so you can see it through the game. 
Okay. There's lots of other examples available on the net. Lots of uh, history examples are out there and so on. But essentially, the big takeaway is it's this idea of learning through games. So using the game for a specific purpose. Okay. Now, I've got more questions about game-based learning. But before we get to that, tell me about gamification then. What's the, what's the difference between the two? Sure. So gamification is this idea of using game-like elements. So uh, game-like elements and mechanics in non-game environments, such as teaching. So uh, this could include, you've got quests, sort of experience points, leaderboards, badging. So all of your work you've done, Michael, with badging, that's an example of gamification because it's using mm-hmm. a game-like element in a non-game setting. So isn't it, aren't they then essentially tied together? I mean, do you have to have gamification with game-based learning or can you have them separately? Um, you could definitely have them tied together. They are different. It depends what you're doing. So um, game, a gamification example could be something like uh, Quizlet, right? This is a, mm-hmm. uh, an online app that basically allows you to uh, teach kids vocabulary in a variety of other ways in sort of a, a gamified fashion because not only are you learning vocabulary or whatever topic you're learning about, um, it includes leaderboards, so students are motivated more to learn this because they can see, uh, based on uh, a point system, where they're at on a leaderboard. They can they get instant results and feedback, just like you do in a game. You know right away if you didn't do good because maybe you got uh, you know you have to restart the level or this and that. So it's it's mm-hmm. gamification is using some of these game like elements um, for in this case. Uh, in the classroom, which is a non-game setting. So you could even use uh, something like, you could use Portal, which Mm -hmm. is a, it has nothing, like, yes, it's a physics-based game, but it's a first-person game. But you could find an educational context to put that in and then bring in some of those elements of Portal into the game or into the classroom. So I guess... For gamification, let, let's let's take a step back and go, what are some great examples of it? Well, uh, Rob Newberry and Emily McLean in uh, Chatsworth out of Singapore uh, basically gamified their whole math class or the math class in the in the elementary school. I think it was grade four. Okay, so uh, but, math itself isn't a game. It wasn't game-based learning, but they added a gamification element to an existing program. Right, so okay, what they it. did is they took they took math and then they made it quest based. So each week there was a specific math quest kids had to complete and there were points involved in that and leaderboards involved in that and badges and so on. Okay. And then does that clarify it a little bit more? Yeah, you know, no, okay. I got it. So whereas with game-based learning, you would be using a specific game. Like in their example, they're not using a game. They're using game elements in their classroom teaching math. Okay. So like if I play Monopoly, I don't necessarily get badges and awards. I just get, well, I get money and then the game's over at the end. <laughs> so Right, but you, well, I was gonna say, you could use that in an educational context as well. I mean, think about the, the commerce example and that. I mean, the whole game is called Monopoly. What, what is that about? Okay. Well, that, actually, that brings up another question. So what do you think should come first as an instructor? Should I have some goals, some learning objectives that I want to achieve then find or create the game to suit that? Or should I do it in the reverse, which is a lot easier, like, oh, here's Monopoly. Oh, I'll sort of fit this into my existing curriculum and get what I want to achieve. Which way do you think we should go first as teachers? Oh, without a doubt, the first. You've got to start with the learning objectives and the goals. That's the hard one. (laughs) (laughs) 
what what are you trying to accomplish in this unit? I mean, it, games are great and they do motivate kids, um, but if there isn't a specific purpose and you're not using it in a purposeful way, you're not going to be hitting the objectives uh, that students need to learn. So, you know, it, it'd be like being an activity director in the classroom. You don't want to be that. You want to have purposeful activities that get to the learning. All right, so game-based learning doesn't have to be on a computer hooked up to the internet, right? No, it does not. Indeed. It can be physical games as well. So does it matter which one you choose? Are there benefits to one or the other, do you think? No, I think it's all, it's all the purpose. So again, game-based learning, you're using a specific game. So you might be using Monopoly. Um, there's certainly crossover in the two. But with gamification, you would be using elements of Monopoly. So what does Monopoly do well? Okay, well, there's an element of sort of surprise because you don't know uh, when you roll the dice what you're going to get. So you don't know how many spaces you're going to go to and what's going to be next. How could you bring that sort of element of surprise into your class so that kids are sort of... Uh, left, ooh, what's going to be next? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? What could happen? So it gives, it, it, it brings in uh, some of that excitement into your classroom. So then that's going to lead to my next question is, and you've mentioned it already a bit, what makes game-based learning so compelling? Because if you ask any student if they like it, I think universally they're all going to say yes, right? Hmm. Definitely, especially if it's done right. Uh, what makes it so, I mean, the big gains that research is showing is that uh, there's increased in engagement, uh, productivity, creativity, and then authentic learning. So if kids are highly motivated and engaged, it can lead to more authentic learning if the task is set up right. Um, some people call this, but uh, there's a couple different researchers that says like getting into this idea of flow um, mm. when you're so immersed in it. Uh, you almost don't even know you're doing it because it's so fun. So, I mean, we want to make our classrooms uh, more engaging, uh, more interesting. There's a lot of competition today, you know. Kids, kids are immersed in all of these awesome 3D worlds and other things, uh, and technology does need to be lever leveraged in the classroom and aspects of games. It's a huge topic right now because not only is it impacting uh, education, as the Horizon Report's pointed out, and it's been in the Horizon Report actually for the last, oh, I want to say five years or so, but they keep pushing the, uh, the time to adoption to be sooner. So I think the Horizon Report in 214 said it would be two to three years out till big adoption of gamification in, in the classroom. So uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I mean if you ask any child... I mean, student, why do you like gaming? They won't necessarily say because uh, it has a good flow to it. It's it's some other element that's more compelling. I I wonder what you would think about how much uh, instant feedback when you're playing a game. You instantly know, like playing basketball, you instantly know whether you're doing well or not. How big a role do you think that plays in it all? No, that's a great question, right? What, the, you know, the big question of why do you play games, right? What, what's great about? It? Yeah, we've been playing them forever, right? Ever since we've been. Existing, I suspect, Games back in the feedback, days. Right? Feedback is just fantastic because you do something and instantly you know, based on what happens to you as a character or you in the game, if you made the right move or did the right thing. Either you, you might gain points, you might gain coins, you might fall down a hole, um, but you, you know where you're at. And when you, if you fail, you get another chance to give it a go again and try not to fail in the same spot. So you have to readapt and change. Um, 
I think kids like the complexity of, of the games. They, they love difficulty, and, and there's lots of research that supports that. Some of those elements are what makes it so exciting for kids. I, I mean, it, it, when I go around and ask kids, why do you like this game or why do you like that game? A lot of them talk about the complexity level. Mm-hmm. And games do, do it really well. And this is something we do as teachers uh, but we can always improve on is games scaffold well. So if you've never played a game before in your life, but you sit down and you start to play it, most or any any good game will tear. So and then eventually you'll be able to do a level and complete a level. But they don't. You don't go and read the instruction manual. Nobody really does that now. Um, we might, but the kids aren't going to be reading instruction manuals. What they're going to want is what are like the three things I need to know right now. And you know they call this is you know. So, and then they start playing and then this idea of on demand, uh, other relevant rules, Ga- good games say, Oh, by the way, you want to try to do this, this, and this now, cause it knows that you've learned the first couple of skills and it, it's tiered in terms of levels. So you have to have a certain skill base from level one to be able to do well in level two. And then you have to continue to get that skill base so that you can then pass level three. It's all level-based. And this is what good teaching does, right? Good teaching and good teaching design um, tiers levels of complexity to get kids to the end goal. And games do it really, really well. Um, and I think it's something we can learn from. All right, let's turn to you a little bit, Robert. How did you sure. get involved in this? I mean, there's lots of things to research and get interested in. What, why were games compelling to you? Uh, why are games compelling to me? Or maybe oh, game-based a great learning, question, either way. Mm. Well, let's see. Let, let's start with games. Um, so I've played games since, uh, since I was young. I don't, I don't get a chance to play every single day. I do try to dedicate a little bit of time to something simple, whether it just be something with Sudoku, because I think there's a lot of good brain activity going on when we play a lot sure, of these games. Absolutely. Uh, but no, I ask myself, like, why are these fun? Why are these engaging? What do I like about it? And as a teacher, early on in my career, Kids would be playing games, and I, I could I would ask questions about it. And you know, having played plenty of games in my time, uh, it was a connection with kids. So I, I set up a club early on. We played games. We did this. This was board games back then. Um, mm-hmm. But then that sort of morphed into something. And in the last sort of what six years or whatever it's been, Minecraft has been a big thing. So right when that hit the storm, I'm like, ooh, Minecraft. You know, kids were starting to play Minecraft, asking about Minecraft, what's this? And the kids are explaining what they're doing. I'm like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Um, so then I, you know, I went and bought a license and installed it. And then we got Minecraft at you at the school and set mm. up a club, seeing what kids could do with it without lots of guidance. And you're going, wow, this is incredible what they've learned. And then, you know, it, it shows a million videos on YouTube. I went to the Minecraft wiki. Actually, I contribute to the Minecraft wiki. Oh, well, um, thank you for your service. So all these kids, what are they doing? Well, they're researching things about Minecraft because they're highly engaged and they want to know more about it. And then they're filtering that uh, their Minecraft search for thir- certain things. Maybe they're crafting a certain thing or want to know more about this or how to build this. And then they're modding it. So they're actually going beyond what the actual game is and learning how to plug in all these mods and do things far beyond my comprehension. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can understand it, but I don't, I don't know how to do it. I would have to spend the time to do it. But you go... Why are they doing this? You're like, what's the motivation of this? And you start talking to them, and they're like, it's fun, right? It's fun. It's engaging. It doesn't have uh, these restrictive walls. And as a result, these kids flourish in the learning process because they're going you know, all over the place to find information and try things. 
So let's let's take a look then, let's say five or ten years out, because games and gamification and the ability to create them is only getting better. Do you think that the education world is going to increase its use of games significantly in that time period? Because it's not, no longer is it just, oh, the games are good or not. It's a matter of how I have to change my teaching in the classroom. Do you think that'll happen in the next five to ten years significantly? I think so, because... uh over, over the course of the years, programming has got a lot easier. So you've got things like Scratch from MIT, where you can essentially uh, make games within Scratch uh, with uh, block-based programming. And, and that kind of stuff, I think, will get more ubiquitous. You've got, uh, I guess, I, I don't know if I'd call them a company, but GameStarMechanic.com. Uh, mm-hmm. That's essentially a, a gamified game-based learning experience where you're creating your own games that you get to play. I think that Right now, the games that you can create without a lot of knowledge are relatively basic um, in some respects. But I think definitely as technology gets easier and easier, we're going to be able to create games. um, And it's going to be easier for us to do that. And it's going to be easier for teachers to do it. And then I think with with things like the Oculus Rift and and bringing in a whole new dimension. I mean, this is just the, the tip I think we're hitting with that. Like that allows us to to not only look at, say, a museum and have like a museum adventure in class museum. We're having the adventure. We could work in teams in Oculus Rift and run through this museum on a quest to find X, Y, and Z. And, you know, what are we learning? Well, what are our learning objectives? This is where what needs to sit front and center. And then how do we, how do we bring that experience to the students? So, Robert, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to contact you? Best way to contact me is probably on Twitter, um, at rapin01 so r-a-p-p-i-n-0-1 is probably the easiest way to contact me and then we can set it up from there perfect i'll make sure i add all that stuff into the show notes well robert apino the game-based master i want to thank you for your time today hey thanks a lot michael this interview was brought to you by 21st century learning international find us on the web at 21clradio.com